1: Welcome to Counter Charge. I'm Brandon Golby. And I'm John Jansen.
2: And I'm Ralph Enough, and uh, I'm here with the Real Team Canada.
1: <laughs> well, why don't you guys introduce yourself? Brandon, can you give us a little background on yourself, you know. Uh... So geographically, uh, I call Edmonton my home base, but I'm actually northwest of Edmonton in a community of about 10,000 people uh, called Whitecourt, and it's two hours away or so. But... Kind of the scene in, in uh, the area is all based in Edmonton. So I just say I'm in Edmonton. Edmonton is, quote unquote, northern Alberta. But geographically, it's actually pretty much central. It's just that nobody actually uh, go, lives north of Edmonton, basically. the Most population is in Edmonton, Calgary, or Red Deer. So those three major cities are about three hours apart, with Red Deer being right in the middle. What got me into Kings of War was when I was about 13 years old, I wandered into a games workshop. And saw 40k and Warhammer Fantasy, and I thought that these were the coolest things I'd ever seen. And I was so excited to get it. I picked up Warhammer 3rd Edition, I believe it was at the time. Played that for a few years. Moved to Warhammer Fantasy because I thought 40k was a little too simplistic and a little too easy. Played Warhammer Fantasy through 6th and 7th Edition pretty religiously. When 8th Edition hit, I really did not enjoy 8th Edition. Moved to Flames of War. Played Flames of War religiously for three or four years, one Canadian nationals in 2013, went to the ETC in 2014 for team Canada, and then went to Ohio in 2015 and played in the North American team championship there. So lots of flames of war really enjoyed it. Fourth edition of flames of war hits. And I lost interest in that and then kind of moved into drop zone and drop fleet commander. So I'm kind of the guy that jumps games a lot, but Kings really grabbed me uh, about halfway through 2nd edition, and I picked up the book because I was always looking for a game to play that kind of captured the feel of Warhammer Fantasy. I really wanted to play that rank-and-plank game, but never could find a rule set that actually did that. I read through the rules, and I was very reluctant at first. I was kind of like, eh, it might be okay, and maybe I'll try it out. Eventually, I convinced one of my buddies who used to play Warhammer to, to play it with me, and I played a couple of games, and I was like, oh yeah, I really like this. I, I then played it a lot. I really liked how simple it was. I really liked how fast it was. I really liked how balanced it was. And it was, uh, it is a vastly superior game to anything uh, that Warhammer ever was. I There's no comparison to me that uh, I'm, I wish that I'd had Kings of War back in the day. It was, a, it's a much, much, much superior game. So, and I've been playing it pretty much ever since. And, that's largely about it. I don't. Uh, I don't tend to play many other games. I still have a lot of other games, but that's yeah. the one that I've been sticking with. Well, every, all
2: the other games, you've killed off. You <laughs> <he> said Drop Zone <laughs> commander, dropping commander. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. Um, and I know, yeah. I know. Here, in, here in my area, um, Flames of War hasn't really taken taken off. I mean, it's. I mean, it used to, and then it's kind of died down. War Machine, the same. And there's a lot of games that ebb and flow. We're glad you found Kings of War.
3: How about you John? What's what's your uh, your story? Started Games Workshop, of course, playing fantasy in 5th edition. Uh fell in love with it, bounced through about six different armies, seven different armies. And then 8th edition dropped and I dropped. It was just abysmal. So I sort of really kind of stepped away from anything fantasy for a while and I moved into 40K. Ended up playing 40K for about I don't know, probably three, four years, maybe more. I'm the, I'm the army bouncer. So I went through about eight different armies for 40K. Really enjoyed it. And then I think it was the next edition for that one dropped. And I just sort of said, screw it. And I kind of dropped out of the model scene completely until Golby drug me back in kicking and screaming when he uh, came out with the Kings of War. I had a bunch of existing models at the times and uh, it was easy to transition into it. And then, yeah, I just I honestly went into Kings of War. I find the systems a lot easier to learn, a lot easier to stick with. It's one of those easy to learn, hard to master for me, uh, where it's uh, each army has a really good flavor. It's entertaining. I love the fact you don't have to have certain models to represent certain things. Because I'm uh, even now I've, I'm using a 3D printer and I'm creating a whole bunch of different theme armies now i have a christmas thre- themed army based on civil- sylvan kin i got a i'm doing a samurai based army based on brother uh the brother mark so it's it's just a nice it's a nice system where multiple models can mean different things to each armies you can plug and play it's it's a heck of a lot of fun it's great to play i kind of like the chess clock now sort of motivates me to get moving <laughs> so i just think it's a much superior system to any of the games workshop well, I've got a question. Let's talk about the clock for a minute, because I don't know if you've ever listened to our podcast, but we have a Canadian
2: host and he is without a clock. You're playing for five hours with that guy. Is
3: that a Canadian thing
2: or is that just ask whose thing?
3: If if you're playing at my house and uh, we don't have a chess clock and I have a couple of beer in me, then we're going to be going five hours for a game. OK, uh- all right. <laughs> All right. Even the Canadian sense? thing that <laughs> They Canadian go a little Canadian. bit long, but uh, the chess clock has really motivated me, and I, I kind of like the strategy behind the chess clock because there's no more thinking of every possible move. Now you have to think of the best move quickly. Exactly.
2: So, you don't have time for the perfect answer or the perfect decision. You have time for a good decision. It just forces you to play quicker. and Long term, I think it makes you a lot better player. Brandon mentioned he went to a lot of different events for different systems. Have you traveled for... Events Or are you mostly like, I'm hunkered down here in Edmonton and that's where I play?
3: Mostly hunkered down. I did go to uh, LVO for 40K, but that's pretty much the traveling. I know I do plan on going to Idaho in October as long as I Refugees can... of the Old World with Ben Stoddard. Yeah. That's a
2: one I just got to get to at some point. It just sounds like an
3: amazing time. Yeah, so I do plan on doing more traveling. My problem is like if it's any time between a month ago to October, I'm done. So, <laughs> so I'm in construction, so I don't make a lot of those. So as long as it's in the winter, I'm actually going to try to slip out to a, a tournament here or there, anywhere from the States to Western or Eastern Canada. Well, we'll look to see you over here in
2: the U.S. You mentioned a lot of 3D printing. What's what is physically? What are you physically working on right now?
3: Uh, right now I am doing uh, Raging Heroes. Uh, it's their... Samurai theme. So I'm doing brother mark and I'm going to do 100% samurai theme. So using foo lions with uh, samurai on the back, I'm using ninjas as the Valen, uh, for the samurai, uh, the samurais are going to be the paladins. So it's just, uh, yeah, just sort of fitting in the samurai theme to the actual, uh, different armies. It can also be used for Basilian if I want to stretch it a bit. Absolutely. And Brian, same question to you. What, you know? What's on your hobby desk at the moment?
1: Uh, one of the guys in our group uh, started a slow grow league and it's over a three month period, which I think is, or I guess it's technically four months. It's four months. It's a little bit uh, fast. It's 750 points painted in the first month, which oh my gosh. I thought was a bit excessive, but, <laughs> but, uh, but we're getting there. And then it's kind of 500 points each month after that up to 2,300 points at the very end. So I was, I've been working on trying to get demo armies going because I've been trying to, to get a, a scene going here in Edmonton. And thankfully, everybody else likes to actually paint. So I've been borrowing a lot of other people's armies. Thank you, John, and everybody else for uh, letting me do that because I am notorious, infamous even, for never actually painting an army from start to finish. I'll get about 20% done and then I will move on to the next project and maybe eventually come back to it. But one of the things that's actually really motivated me lately is I did pick up a 3D printer last year with a buddy. We actually split the cost and we got a printer and a washing and curing station. And I think it was only about 600 bucks Canadian, so 300 each. And we've both been printing like maniacs on it. And I know that uh, I, I like to support Mantic. Unfortunately, I really, really, really like the 3D printer. And what I've done is I've actually ended up selling a lot of my existing armies. And I'm just kind of printing them as I need them. And that's been really good to focus me. So what I've been working on lately is a Trident Realm army. And I think I have about 1,200 points painted now. So that's like a big deal for me. (laughs) As John can attest, I'm sure. Yeah, it sounds like Uh, (laughs) that. So I'm working on the formation, basically, the hidden ones. And I've got two regiments of Thule. And I've actually already painted the Thule Mythicans. So I'm painting the Thule Aquamage. And when I get done the army in a month or two sort of thing, I'll start onto something else for the slow grow so that, cause I really wanted to at least get one army done. And I know that it's kind of not in the spirit of the slow grow, but I'm like, I've got this much done, get it done to the end. And then I can finally say, see, see, I have a painted army. You can all stop ragging on me now. I'm not as terrible a person as you make me out to be. So. Circle if you can finish it, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, sure. <laughs>
2: it's, always, it's always good when your friends have your back, right? It's yes. always, yeah. Have some, yeah. Supportive friend yeah. structure is always very
1: important. So, Of course, of course. Without without friends, I mean, who or, you know, with friends like me, who needs enemies? So, We're
2: going to take a quick commercial break, and on the other side, we're going to jump into the main topic. We're going to talk about the scene in Edmonton and a great event that's coming up in November and a lot of other great stuff from John and Brandon. Just a minute, right back. This is Skullfares. I'm the great con.
0: And this is Rico Radisquico.
2: And we're the War Kings, and you're listening to Counter Charge. Yeah. Welcome back to Countercharge.
3: Let's get into talking about your scene. Give me a little bit of, like, what is Edmonton like? edmontons it's just like pretty much any major city. I guess it's more mm-hmm. blue collar than anything mm-hmm. else. In a lot of ways, we're really, really big into our sports. Not a heck of a lot to do in the winter. We are the most northern major city on the planet. So we do get some pretty chilly weather in the winter. But, I mean, in the summer, we get sun from 5 in the morning till eleven, twelve at night. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. So we, yeah. Like, we get a ton of sun. Our summers are nice. It's warm, but our winters are
0: cold.
1: <laughs> the sun in the wintertime comes up at, like, 10 o'clock <laughs> and goes down by about 4 o'clock. So <laughs> it's dark. Yeah. You get up in the morning. It's dark. You go to work. It's dark. You come home at night. It's dark. (laughs) So, uh, Edmonton is also, it's a government city as well because Edmonton is the capital of Alberta. So there's lots of government jobs. There's lots of really good festivals as well, uh, in, in Edmonton, which is surprising to a lot of people because out here in the West, especially in Alberta, we're kind of like Texas of Canada in the sense that we're all a bunch of redneck hillbillies, or at least that's how we're portrayed. John and I don't do anything to actually like, uh, Deserve to, to change it.
3: Change that attitude, uh-huh. but uh, oh,
1: okay. <laughs> but there is, there is. You lots reinforce of and, and arts and stuff yeah. in Edmonton, awesome. and so it's actually a really good opportunity to to come and see just how interesting, uh, you know, a city in the middle of the prairies is in in Canada. Unfortunately, if you come in November maybe not quite as exciting it's snowy and cold <laughs> right right <laughs> so. but you know
2: I, I think that the key here though is that you you have the it's big enough to have the population to build a good scene to have right. the amenities like gaming store you know it's not like we're talking about ben stoddard in in, in Rexburg, idaho i mean that's a complete you know that's real like rule and it's you know he's got it's a lot harder for him to build that up than than i, I assume for you guys Maybe, John, what does what the wargaming scene look like, just generally,
3: in, in Edmonton? It's big. Uh, Edmonton has a lot of different gaming stores and some pretty big follow up uh, 40K is predominantly the biggest. Um, then there's Ninth Age. Um, age of Sigmar kind of disappeared. But, uh, yeah, I know there's a lot of gamers here. We're just sort of getting the Ninth Age guys over to our side, some of the Fantasy guys and Age of Sigmar guys over to our side. Um Age of Sigmar guy just actually took his models and started incorporating them into a Kings of War army but we do have a pretty big gaming scene in edmonton I know when I went to the LVO for 40K there was four other people on the fa- on the plane when I was flying down too. I right. mean get some 40 to 60 people tournaments. Uh depending on the game and the system. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, you mentioned a few of the of flames games like Ninth, Ninth Age and a no brand offline I think we talked about Song of Ice and Fire. So so there are there, I mean, ranks and flanks are still popular up there. It sounds like you guys got people playing those games, which bodes well for Kings of War. So who's the person that brought Kings of War to the scene? Who's the person that you know that crossed the river and, and had the book and said, let's let's evangelize, let's, let's, let's bring this to the masses. Is it Brandon? Is it someone oh. else? No,
3: that's <laughs> yes, Brandon, I believe.
1: Okay, <laughs> yeah. All right, yeah, it was it was me. All right, like I said, I picked up the book. I don't even know how I found it. I think I read the the trial rules for version one, just the free ones, and they didn't strike me as great. So I really held off. But then I saw that there was second edition and I ordered the book and a box of orcs, I think, because if you bought $80 or more, it was free shipping. So I was like, well, I'll just buy the buy these orcs because I was like, they look really cool. And I played it with one buddy and then I just kind of started showing it to people. and that's kind of how it's gone and i just introduced it to a lot of my close buddies I, I i don't know i we just started playing it and recently we've been really trying we've been really pushing to to have it grow and i ran like so what i what i really want to do is i'd like to actually be able to host big events like at least one kind of grand tournament sized event every year in edmonton and i would like to be able to ultimately have people qualify for masters So, like, officially, rather than just, uh, oh, well, we don't have enough players in the Pacific Northwest, so I'll go, sort of thing. I'm surprised that you
2: guys haven't organized and created your own Canadian Masters. It's right. You guys have the players. I mean, I guess the travel is is, is a thing, too, right? Because your populations are spread out. You're not... Yeah. Not like one, you know, like, in between... Alberta and i don't know i mean edmonton to winnipeg is there anything in between i don't, I don't know we call it the gap. <laughs> oh, <no>. yeah <laughs> it would be awesome though to your point it, it, you know edmonton is kind of ripe for an area to bring people in i mean you have all the amenities you need of a big a big city and you know you got vancouver obviously 12 hours away and you just gotta get these east coast guys to fly over that's the trick
1: man they're so lazy i know that there's lots of events out on the east in the east area especially in hamilton it, it has been obviously very difficult the last couple of years for some unknown reason that traveling has been very difficult. I don't, I, I'm not, I knew, i am not i Who who Yeah. That. I know. I, I know. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. know why either. It's, <laughs> it's interesting. It's it just,
2: you know, it, it's been, I don't know about you guys, but it's been a difficult time just in general, trying to sustain even sustain a, a scene right now because, you know, we had the lockdowns, you know, and it was like, okay, but now, you know somebody commented not too long ago it feels like we're kind of back i mean we're getting tournaments now 70 players we're we're kind of back to pre covid numbers and so i'm hoping knock on wood that things are behind us and so for you guys i mean ultimately you know we're going to talk about your event in a little bit but you know that that's interesting you know um if that could become a big a big you know you know i don't know do you guys have an interest in having like a canadian
3: master scene I think that'd be great. And I think this is kind of the time to slingshot. So take advantage of everybody coming out of COVID and wanting to get back to a normalized life and see people. Right. Mm-hmm. So I know Brandon's thrown a couple events lately just to get new players. And the last one was well attended. So we went from having six players in a tournament to having 12 people to come out for a fun tournament. And it just, it is growing significantly over the last little while and no small part to Brandon. But I think a lot of it is because people are sick and tired of being at home and they want to see people and want to hang out. They want to do some things again. And we are starting to draw a couple of those people in from Ninth Age and really say, hey, this is a new system. Give it a try. And they're really liking it. So I think this is a good opportunity for us to sort of move that way. I think it's a positive thing.
2: It's interesting. You know, you mentioned Ninth Age. You got to get people to try King's War. Like at face value, they look at it and they're like, it's too simple. I don't have a charge reaction. I can't double flee. I can't conga line. I get it. But what I'm telling you is if you play the damn game you're not going to miss all that crap. You're going to like yeah. forget you even had all those options because it's, it's, it does yeah. not add any value to the game.
1: One one of the things that I've always sold the game on is that coming from Warhammer originally, I was like, Oh, I'm going to miss the fast cavalry and I'm going to miss the flea and I'm going to miss the reform and I'm going to miss the, Oh, I can change my formation. I, I I'm going to miss, Oh, I can have shields or I can have halberds or I can have spears. Or, it, you don't, you don't at all. I agree with you hundred percent, Rob, that, uh, those are all fake options. Oh, I don't have a standard bear. Who cares? You don't need it. It's such a minor trivial thing that it might make a difference once every five games in the grand scheme of things, that it it's not actually a real option. It just bogs the game down. It makes it slow. It makes it annoying. You have to constantly pull models off and put models on. And oh, it's it's awful. Like, and you have to you have to play with games workshop miniatures. That's one of the big selling points for Kings of War as well, is that it's like, hey, you see this Let's base here? You see these models that represent whatever you can you can play the game with what you've what you've already got and you can really explore the theme you're not stuck so for example my trident realm is a bunch of giant frogs and things like that i went with a swamp theme rather than like a traditional ocean theme and i love it i think it's great and uh, nobody had yet has complained about any of the model choices i've made so and john has a great undead army with lots of custom made pieces that are very very different and nobody has complained right and that's the great thing you're you're you got so much freedom and it's it's very easy to sell in that respect that you can use whatever models you want it's fast it's simple it's easy come and play, play it. it
3: come and check we it had, out we had a gamer who was actually create samantha she's creating all of her own creative pieces of work she's going to have a 100 percent army built crafted by her so that's it's awesome actually, Hey, cool. That's really cool. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so it sounds like you guys have got the the, like the nucleus of a good scene. You know, where are you pulling from? Is it mostly Edmonton? Or are you getting guys from Calgary? I
1: mean, geographically, where are you pulling from? Predominantly Edmonton. We had one player post on kind of our Facebook group saying, hey, I'm looking for a scene in Calgary. And we all said, you know, if you host an event, we'll we'll come. <laughs> like, put an event on. And, like, there mm-hmm. were five or six of us that said, we'll come down or feel free to come to one of ours. I sent them, I sent them a message not that long ago and they didn't get back to me, but it's predominantly in the Edmonton area, unfortunately. And that's part of the reason why I wanted to come on tonight, Rob and and talk to you is to say, Hey, we've got a a nice group of 10, 12 guys, semi-regular come and play. Like I, I, it's hard to find, it's hard to find people. And, we're 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 there just uh, to come exactly. on and check us out. I got a question though. You're Western Canada,
2: and the Eastern Canadians that I've played against have a reputation of being some of the best sports on the planet. Very polite as they're taking me apart on the table. Are you guys better sports than the East Coast? <laughs> <laughs> the <But loaded laughs> oh,
3: The West is always the best. Okay, all
2: right. <laughs> Fair enough. I just
3: I just had to get it on record. You know, set the expectations high. Now, so, next time, I do plan on going to the East for a tournament at some point in the next couple of years, and now they're just going to roast me for that. They <laughs> will, they will, yeah. Um, there's a lot. I mean, there's there's a lot of great
2: events uh, on the East Coast, and obviously, even on the West Coast, like on Victoria Island and stuff. I know they've got some stuff there as well. So it's, it's, it's. You know, we're coming out of COVID. It's starting to come back. You know, uh, Pacific Northwest is hoping is hosting the U.S. Masters this year, which is a big deal for for them. So it's uh, you know things are turning. I think we're you know it's a good good it's a good time to get into Kings of War because you can kind of get in sort of on the even though this game has been around for a long time, you can kind of get in at the ground floor if that makes sense. Because a lot of people are kind of getting into it again for the second time, right? Like a lot of people went away for a while, played in their basements or just did did other stuff during COVID, and now they're kind of back out and about. So. In terms of your scene, you know, you mentioned you got like a nucleus of maybe you know, you know, 12-15 people playing. You know, where where do you see you know, where, c- comparing to the other scenes that are there, like forty k? What's the top end? You know, what are you thinking you can you can get, um, either for your scene or for like a, a large event?
3: In a perfect world, um, like the forty k world, mm-hmm. is up to forty to sixty players for a major tournament. Uh, ninth age is probably I don't know I think it's dropped a little bit so it's probably twenty to twenty to thirty ish mm-hmm. so ideally we'd like to be up the nine ninth age level yeah I'd love to have a tournament where there's like thirty people and it it can actually be a pretty big event at that point make a couple of days out of it five games thirty's a good
2: thirty's a sweet spot right thirty's big enough that you're not going to end up Playing the same players, and you know, you get to play new people. Uh and also flip side, it's not it's not 70 players where you don't get to meet everybody. I don't know. I I 20 to th- 25 to 40, it's like, man, that's like the perfect size tournament. I guess when you look at your scene though, what do you see as the driver? What, what's gonna be the key thing to drive your growth? Just getting out there and playing, uh <laughs> showing people what a great game it is. I don't know. John needs to get off his stuff and start getting out there and painting
1: more uh, 3D print, yeah, 3D yeah. printed armies for people. <laughs> yeah. Well, I will say this, that that it's been really nice because, so I'm a market gardener. My summertime consists of getting up at about six in the morning and working straight th- through till about 11 o'clock at night. And that's not an exaggeration. My winter time, by the end of October, it's much like I, I'm at home, right? I, I substitute teach in the winter when they call me, but I'm now Mr. Mom at home to my five wonderful children. Wow. So, That's a lot of kids. I have one and
2: I can't keep up. I can't imagine. But let me ask you this. Do they paint your models? That's no. a
1: missed opportunity. <laughs> no, very much no. Okay. All right. Uh, I've been working on it a little bit, but uh, my my third is certainly very interested. Uh, he just turned seven not that long ago. So I've been trying to work with him him a bit. He, he took my old orcs. Um, but what has been really nice lately is that I've been really... I've been really driving to to grow the scene, but I've been really supported by a group of about four other guys that have really, really stepped up and helped out. They've done terrain, they've done tables, they've done models, they've come out to every event. Um, and that's what's actually going on with this event that we're planning is that I've kind of delegated tasks to everybody and they've certainly risen to it and are taking care of things that need to be taken care of. And that's the big thing I'm finding is that having that core group of guys who are willing to step up, even if they're not necessarily out there saying, yeah, 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 I want to do this. But you say, Hey, I'd really appreciate if you could take care of this for me. And they say, yeah, sure. Like no problem. And, uh, and that works really, really well rather than having one guy have to do everything. It makes it really hard. So I, like I said, I, I have to throw a big thanks to John Brandon cam and James as my like, Four really solid core guys that have helped me out a lot. And yes, I said Brandon. There are two Brandons, unfortunately, so <laughs> it makes it it makes it a little bit more confusing. But um, well, you yeah, that's that's the, head, that's though, the big what, thing I'll say. One person can't run a
2: can't can't really drive a scene because you'll burn out, right? Yeah. You need to have a support yeah. structure. You know, here in Memphis, we we play on Wednesday nights. We play on Saturdays. Like I try to make it every Wednesday night, but there's times I can't. I got to work. I got something comes up, and it's nice to be able to say, "Hey," or not even have to say anything, but you know that, "Hey, these other guys are going to show up, and if somebody shows up for a demo, they're quite capable of giving a demo, you know, of whatever game system they want to learn." So you you need to have a support structure, and then you know that just to get the scene going. But if you want to build a a, a tournament, right, that's You need terrain. You need, you, there's so much stuff you need that, you know, and it it, uh, it definitely it, it sounds like you're, you've are you got a luxury there. You've got, a, you've got like a, a whole like round table of people to help
3: you. So that's amazing. Yeah, one of our recent yeah. events was uh, trying to get people into it. And I think we had a bunch of us had three armies each, all ready, lists printed out. So somebody could just pick up and play. That's awesome.
2: Yeah, that's super good. Now, do you guys play any other Mantic games? Or is right now, you just completely focused on Kings of War?
1: Have Dead Zone, and <laughs> Dead I really Zone. enjoy Dead Zone, but I have I haven't played Dead Zone much. I also picked up the new Firefight, and I've played uh, a couple of games with the other Brandon, and, and we're really enjoying that. Um, but I mean, Kings of War is our is our main one. So, well, it's your bait squeeze, right? And until
2: you get to the, the the critical mass where you've got you know you don't have to worry about it anymore, people are just going to keep playing it. Then you can start dabbling in some of it and some of our systems. Uh, You know, maybe give me a sense too. It sounds like you have a very uh, healthy tournament scene just in general up there. Are you seeing players that you're trying to pull from? Are they garage gamers or are they tournament guys, or or is it a mix? And if so, you know, which one's the makes up the bigger
3: population of what you're trying to pull? There's a lot of tournament players here. Yeah, Uh, in Ninth Age and 40K, it's a pretty heavy tournament scene. Even in uh, Flames of War there it's a very heavy tournament scene i don't really actually see a lot of garage gamers that's sort of i have two tables in my basement so i hosted a ton of stuff i think in predominantly in edmonton it's mostly tournament so it's it's quite competitive around here so your events are really looking for winner right the reason why i ask is sometimes
2: when you're trying to pull the garage gamers you you know we'll end up actually running events to where there's no winners and losers it's really about a narrative story or some kind of arc for the weekend uh, it's really just about getting games in rather than who's the best out of the 15 players that showed up, you know, um, what tips, I mean, you guys have been doing this for a little while. What tips can you share to, to getting um, players in? I know one thing you mentioned was providing armies is, is huge, right? Like, you know, the, the, say what we want about Kings of War, there's a barrier of entry, which is you got to have a freaking army, right? And ranks and flanks does not make it easy. This is not, uh, no offense to any of the skirmish games out there, but, those games, you might need like 20 models, you know, (laughs) Yeah, some of our armies in Kings of war need several hundred. So what tips would you share
1: with people that are trying to grow their scene? I think you have to be visible. You have to certainly find uh, a place that's out there uh, in the open and you have to play, but uh, like we've done a lot of games out in public and not a lot of guys have actually expressed a lot of interest. They'll come and they'll look for about 30 seconds and we'll say hi and we'll say, Oh, that's a great game. And, but then they'll kind of wander off. Um, I have found that posting stuff up on Facebook certainly helps or on other kind of social media stuff that, that has helped a lot, right? Saying, Hey, this is what we're going to do. Come out. Um, And the big thing, like most things in life, you have to kind of advocate for it. Just say, Hey, we're doing this. It's a great game. Come on out. You have to have that enthusiasm and you can't be discouraged very easily. You have to really, Really push it, not obnoxiously, like I probably did with John, where I'm like, hey, hey, John, come play this game. It's great. It's great. You should definitely come play. It. John, 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 I got this game. John. <laughs> yeah, but I pretty much had a fifth you, grader of my own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but you have to really be be out there and and, and really just keep, keep going for it. I, I think that that's the best thing you can do because we've been playing now for – what, three, four years? And it hasn't really changed much until I finally kind of said, enough of this, I want to get new players. And so I just put things out there and I said, come on out. And I was quite impressed with the uh, reception that I got, so.
3: I think next steps too, we can start looking at some of the group tournaments. So there's some tournaments and scenes around here where they have 40K, Blood Bowl, and Ninth Age. And that's where we got to try to get, even if we only get six people showing up, at least six people showing up and the other guys can see that this exists. Because, I mean, the transition from Ninth Age is easy. You already have all the models. You already have everything. So it's um, it's uh, actually pretty easy to do. So I think that's sort of next steps for us to try to really grow it is actually get involved in some of these bigger tournament scenes where there's multiple systems.
2: You get more eyeballs on, on Kings of War. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, for sure. You've got an event coming up in November. Is this is not the first one though? You've ran. Have you run a two day before in in Edmonton? Mm, not a two day. So this is the first one.
1: Yeah, yeah. This this is this will be the first two day. We've run a whole bunch of one days, uh, uh, just and and we are competitive for sure, and that's certainly how I advertise it. But at the same time, I think that we're really good with new players. Doesn't mean that we're going to let you win and we're going to roll over and die. But we're certainly very understanding and like, hey, this is a move you can do. Or if you do this, then this is probably going to happen. Or they'll say, oh, I didn't see this. And it'll be like, you know what? It's fine. You change your guy. uh, You change the facing on that unit or whatever. We're not particularly uh, cutthroat in that sense, I've found, for the most part. We We like to encourage clean play and we like to encourage Encourage uh, growth as players. So we are playing to win, but we—I mean, if we lose, we lose. Kind of idea. It's—it's it's not the end of the world for sure. So, yeah, uh, that's. But I mean, ultimately, one thing you I would want players
2: say. to learn and develop. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you want the players to learn and develop and become better opponents, right? It, it just stomping the the Wookiees into the ground is not is not going to help, you know. And also, you know, there's the flip side: letting them just walk all over you. You got to find that right balance between. A teaching opportunity and you know and, and you know giving them the right opportunity you know putting them in in, in, a, in a chance to be
1: successful what is the name of this, this event so this is going to be the bard's tale and bard's the tale? idea will be that we're going to run this every year so this will be volume one tales of the unknown because we don't really know what we're doing <laughs> so uh, if you're familiar with the old 1980s uh, Apple 2GS or mm-hmm. Commodore 64, the, the Bard's Tale. That's kind of what I was going from because I loved that, that game growing up. I thought it was so much fun. And I wanted to keep it uh, somewhat obscure, but that little wink, wink, nudge, nudge to those who knew where the source came from. And wow. in the actual event, it's going to be largely... Conventional scenarios uh, from the book with a little bit of a twist—not a not a big change, but a small little extra rule. So I don't want to run just a plain Jane out of the book, but I also don't want to run something crazy that you have to be constantly looking at the scenario to know what you're doing. And you're going to have a special character. Uh, you're you're either going to have one of three bards who has various abilities, or you're going to have—and uh, this is a nod to John who hates bards and Dungeons and Dragons a bard killer assassin type character. So he, he inspired me with that, awesome. that one. Because I'm like, awesome. bards are my favorite character. I love mm-hmm. them. They're so much fun. And John's like, I hate bards. Every single one is just obnoxious. So I don't the know only if that speaks of our friendship <laughs> or not. But So so that's basically it um, in terms of the, the basics of what the event's going to be. It's happening November 1st to 6th in, obviously, Edmonton, Alberta. And we're looking for 20 to 24 players, ideally. So we have maybe 12. I'm kind of hoping that we can get at least 12 from the local area. That means that we need 8 to 12 more coming from other areas. Hint, hint. Vancouver should be listening. I mean, it's a 12-hour drive. and Yes. Alex, you know, get off
2: your duff. Get on a plane, you know. You want them to come to your event? <laughs> the way it works, you got to go to their
3: event. That's how it works. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, luckily, we have a good airport um, station system, so yeah. easy to get in, easy to get
2: out. <laughs> I know it's Friday through Sunday, dude. That's cool. So Friday night, you're going to have yeah. like a setup and hangout kind of thing, which is really great for new Absolutely.
1: players. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So there's there's essentially a meet and greet on Friday night. We don't have a venue set up yet. We are looking into uh, obviously getting a venue. Um, I am looking to do it probably in a hotel or in something like a community hall in, in the city strictly so that we can have, uh, alcohol and stuff like that. And you can kind of bring your own booze if you'd like. It is a clean event in that respect though. Like don't get blackout drunk, please just come and and enjoy a few drinks. And I'm expecting everyone to be somewhat responsible Uh, Friday night is a setup and we can have open gaming and we can hang out and do a little bit of a meet and greet. I am planning on bringing certainly my dead zone and firefight stuff if anybody wants to, to play that. And then Saturday, there'd be three games. Lunch will be provided and Sunday we'll have two games that will wrap up pretty early so that people could go out and have lunch or whatever afterwards. And then Saturday night, I mean, it's nothing necessarily official. But ideally, everybody could go out, and there's lots of great restaurants in Edmonton, lots of great pubs in Edmonton. We can go out and have uh, a gay old time on the city. So
2: that'd be awesome. Sounds really fun. And I see you guys are using the blackjack scoring system. Uh, How did you guys come to that decision? Did you just like did you just like the scoring system, or uh... because I'm lazy. <laughs> Okay, but that's as good an answer as any, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you've got a couple different systems to choose from. You know, that like Northern Kings, and yeah. you know, if you got a system that works, I've, why, why are we invent the wheel? Yeah.
1: I've heard good things. I've heard good things about blackjack, and it strikes me as more interesting than, than Northern Kings because it does come into that differential in in points uh, for kill rather than just straight up. I killed this much, you killed this much, I had this much. Um, I think it gives a better example of how the game went, whereas you know, you could absolutely table the guy in in blackjack and it would definitely show. You could you could crush in the scenario and you could also smash the guy's army. Whereas, and I think in Northern Kings, it wouldn't necessarily work out exactly the same way. So it can have its detriments, but I, I like the idea of like, no, this is a really good representation of how the game went rather than, uh, I feel a little better because I didn't get absolutely curb stomped sort of thing. They both have... A different
2: effect on lists list that you bring to those events, right? And it's subtle, but you know, different armies will do better under those different systems. You know, I, I'm a big fan of varieties the spice of life. No, no system is perfect, and there's detriments to all. I think you guys will enjoy it. And blackjack, has been used, you know, predominant. It's the predominant system in the, in in the world. Uh, I hate to say that because my, my good friend Matt Crozier, you know, those guys in Australia, it goes to their head. It does. It goes to their head. So at some point, I <laughs> gotta. We got to come up with our own system because we got UK we, we system and an Australian Australia. system. Yeah, we need a we need a North American yeah. system. I don't care. What we, is it, <laughs> I, I don't know what we call it. but We need a system. John, get on that. Come up with a new system for us because it is it is embarrassing that we have to import our rule system.
3: You know, hey, I'm just lucky if I remember the rules, man. <laughs> <laughs> fair <laughs> enough. Fair Dude, enough. That's why I play one system and one system only. <laughs> so,
2: Brandon, is there a place people could go to check out? all the information on the event?
1: At this point, I don't actually have anything posted. I will be posting it up on the Fanatics on Facebook for sure. And you can always feel free to join our Edmonton Mantic group uh, on Facebook. I don't have a website. It's something that I'm certainly uh, considering doing. It's just been a really busy time of year, unfortunately, for me. And I know that that's a terrible excuse. But that, well, you also that have kind of like six it months.
2: It's not like it's around the corner, right? It's in November, yeah. so yeah. we're trying to get the word yeah. out early so people yeah. can plan for those the, those frosty flights to Edmonton exactly. in November. You know, the John warned us about earlier in the exactly. episode. But you know, I'm sure it's a metropolitan yeah. city. I'm sure they clean the streets. You know, so I'm sure it's it's going <laughs> to be nice. You know, we're not going to slip on the sidewalks. <laughs> we'll, we'll be fine.
3: <laughs> last year, we actually didn't get snow like any kind of real snow until the end of December. Oh. So- yeah, it depends on the season, right? November can actually be pretty damn nice, so it's November's not a bad time. The beginning of November, if we were bringing you in January, no. you'd hit us. I
2: know there's a lot about the
3: bards, and
2: you're actually maybe touch on that a little bit
3: because you were actually going
2: to
1: be 3D printing bards and stuff, right? Yeah, so part of um, part of the game here for sure, like part, of, basically a door prize for everybody that comes is John and myself both obviously have 3D printers. That is going to be part of the event is that you can, you can bring your own model. You can paint it up, uh, do whatever you want. It's just a standard infantry hero on a 20 by 20 or 25 by 25 millimeter base. It's up to you. But we have a selection of models that would certainly fit to, uh, to, to print and use as a bard. And that's kind of whatever everybody will get one. If you send us in your money to, to register nice and early, you can actually pick which one you want. And if you want it shipped to you, um, you, you'll have to pay the shipping, obviously. But you can have your model shipped to you and and paint it up and have it all ready for the event. You can also come like the Friday night before, pick it up, and you can paint it that night if you want to have it painted. Obviously, it doesn't need to be painted for the event, um, but that's kind of the ideal. And and that's sort like I said, that's going to be our door prize for coming out, and you'll use it in the games that you play. And there's some really, really nice models. So we've got some Artisan Guild ones, and a lot of Raging Heroes from their various sets that they've done over the last kind of couple of years. So the thing that caught
2: my attention, though, is the trophies are usable models in Kings of War. You've yeah. got dragons and mammoths.
1: So talk to you a little bit about that. Well, and, and again, like one of the things that I've always enjoyed going to an event is I personally like uh, doing prize support for things. Like people can go home with stuff, so that they're not just spending money for an event and then. If they don't win, they don't really get anything. Um, But the trophies, I've also really enjoyed. We did a lot of trophies back in the day for Flames of War. And I thought that that was a good thing to carry on. And now that 3D printing is available, you can print out some really, really nice things for very, very cheap. And so we've got uh, a few different trophies. And we have a a giant who's going to be our big, friendly giant. That'll be our best sports award. We have uh, a dragon. What did I name these guys? I had it in here. Oh, maybe. Oh, no, we had. Okay, so we had best overall was Grand Master of the Universe. That was a giant war mammoth, and that thing is massive. It's going to have to be printed in about five or six pieces, and you can print one at a time. We got best general, which is Mightiest of the Mighty, which is a giant demon. We got best painted, fairest of the fair, which is a giant dragon, a two headed dragon. Like I said, we got the best sport, which is Big Friendly Giant, which is a giant. And I have to find one to do for a Lady Luck award. And that's going to be most clutch double ones and or sixes rolled. And that's where it actually matters, where a double one means you didn't waver or kill something because of it. Mm-hmm. And a double six means obviously you wavered or killed something because of it.
2: That sounds awesome. You know, we, we talk about all the time, prize support, you know, the people that are winning the events like they have models, right? They, they, they don't really yeah. need boxes, of. but like coming home with a big ass war mammoth. Yeah, that's that's right up my alley. Right there, so you're going to get some people. I'm sure people coming just just to check out these cool trophies. So awesome! Uh, you haven't put out the uh, the different rules yet for the bards, right? That's coming down the road.
1: Yeah. Well, the points limit for the event is going to be twenty one fifty. We have tried events at two thousand. We've tried events at nineteen ninety five. We tried events at twenty three hundred. We I I don't necessarily love two thousand points. I find that it is a little spammy. I don't know if I love twenty three hundred points. It's I know that everybody says we're well, optimizing for every different points limit. I do find that some armies certainly perform better at 2300 than than at 2000 for sure in both ways. So I figured yeah. that why not split the difference and we'll do 2150 that way it's not you don't need quite as many models for those new guys coming up, but you don't have a small army that you can just spam the crap out of certain things either. You have some answers to to different play styles. So awesome.
2: Awesome! Oh, it sounds like an awesome yeah. event. I'll reserve your spot, Rob. You know, uh, I, w- yeah, I, right definitely, I definitely, I definitely got to talk to the wife about it. We usually have a one in Mississippi around the same time, but you know, yeah, I got, I got to talk to the wife about this. I mean, it didn't. It can't be that far of a flight, <laughs>
1: three, four hours maybe. Maybe. Well, yeah. And it's funny that you should mention that because one of the big things, certainly that, like I said, a reason, the main reason for me wanting to do this is because I want to start hosting events so that we can start qualifying for masters. Because those Pacific Northwest West guys, man, they, they have not been doing us proud. I mean, us
2: <laughs> poker. We, we get spiked those guys. Call, call them qualified. out. Call them out, man. Yeah. I love it. Well,
1: I believe Jeremy's in the Pacific Northwest. Is he not? Jeremy's yeah. in the West Coast. He's a West Coast guy. Oh, okay.
2: Yeah. Darn. So, the Pacific Northwest, you got like Ryan Mansell
1: and yeah, I, so I Dan I that guy. I mean, does yeah. he place in Masters at all? I mean, come on. I, I don't know. <laughs> well,
2: you know, technically Masters is not how you paint. It's how you play, right? So, yeah, yeah. You, got a lot, you got you got a lot of guys in the Pacific Northwest <laughs> that like to like to be the total picture, the total package and paint well and be yeah. really nice
1: sports. And none of that
2: matters, at masters, yeah, so. exactly.
1: so that's that's great. That's what I like to hear. The main reason that that I want to do this as well is to say we have a scene in Western Canada, and I want to find other groups like Vancouver, Victoria, Prince George, <laughs> Calgary, Regina, Saskatoon. Uh, you know, Winnipeg. It doesn't it doesn't really matter. We, I would like to build a. Uh, it doesn't have to be in Canada either. I'm certainly happy with Seattle. I'm certainly happy with Rexburg for uh, Refugees of the Old World. I'm very interested in trying to set up a bit of a, a round robin almost, where each group kind of hosts one event a year, and we do it on a on about a three month basis, a quarterly basis, and we have that little bit of communication, and we say. Let's get together, let's coordinate some stuff, let's make this happen so that we travel to each other's events, we support each other, and we grow the scene in that respect. The more guys you get coming out, the more that the scene will then develop as well, potentially. So I'm hoping that there will be some out there that will hear this and and reach out and say, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, I think that's a great idea. Let's figure out how we can make this happen. And despite the fact that I'm saying that I kind of forgot about Ben's Rexburg Idaho event on October the 22nd which is like 2 weeks before. So oops, but hopefully in the future we can we can uh, kind of space it out a little more so that we're not stepping on each other's toes.
2: As the scenes develop, you kind of you, you kind of fall into a spot, right? And you know, you you carve out your little your little spot in 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 the in the scene. But yeah, I think that's great if you can you can coordinate with some of the bigger areas of Canada you know, and actually have kind of, you know, I think you even mentioned maybe even having like a Northwestern tournament circuit. Like, talk to me about that. That's, that to me sounds
1: amazing. So, like I said, the idea would be that kind of every three months or so uh, uh, each group would, you'd have like four or five groups or whatever that, like I said, every three months would host a big event and we would travel kind of between the scenes and we'd all support each other in that respect as best as possible. I'm certainly not expecting to have, like everybody travel for every single event, but at least this way we could have a little bit of crossover, a little bit of cross pollination and make a scene that, that we, we then, you know, get to meet new players. We get to develop uh, a competitive scene. We make new friends and, and uh, that sort of stuff, but I don't really have any great, great plans for that. I just need people to reach out and say, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, I'm into it. And, yeah, put well, that's how it like works. Canada, those other, and,
2: exactly. Yeah. Those other tournament
1: organizers reach out.
2: You guys can develop this thing. You know, whether it becomes, who knows? Maybe this is the start of a whole, you you know, Canadian master scene.
3: See me. I'm really interested in getting more people to call me out for grudge matches. Let me ask you guys <laughs> this because this is something I'm I'm always curious about. So in the U.S., when we have
2: when you call somebody out for a grudge match, you know, you've got to like really like upset them. You've got to like call out their mom and like trash talk. But you guys are so nice. How do you
3: do a grudge match? Uh, you know, how do you do a grudge in effectively in Canada? Try to curb stamp stomp the opponent so they challenge you next time. I'm just too nice when I'm playing to call people names and such, so <laughs> 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 just take it out on them on the table. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> so what
2: you know, um, John? You had mentioned you're gonna you're gonna make it down to hopefully uh, the, the
3: refugees of the old world. What other events are on your radar for both you guys? uh for typically that one is the one there's a i think um i saw one that's going to be coming up in it wasn't victoria it was somewhere else in bc i tried to head head there last year like i think it was in the spring so i'll be looking for that next spring anything sort of vancouver because i looked actually to go to vancouver when the covid rules sort of set up but unfortunately it the flights were ridiculously expensive at that time uh just anything sort of in our western hemisphere for now. I will be going, I think it's Black Knight games or something. I kind of want to go to one of their tournaments. Is that uh, Ham-
2: That's Hamilton?
3: Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't mind going there and sort of start getting a scene together and just traveling mm-hmm. around and see just how my job permits. But yeah, I, I, I'd, I'd be going game for anywhere. I kind of want to go to Europe and play a game <laughs> just for fun at some point. Right.
2: You know, Brandon, you mentioned going to the UTC, obviously WTC is trying to kind of bring King's award to the forefront. So, this will be his first year. So it'll be interesting to see how that transpires. And, and does that become a thing? It's been a long time since Kings of War uh, has, was at, was at like a major international event. So, yeah. Uh, as
1: soon as I heard that WTC would be doing Kings of War, I was immediately like, where, where can I find more information on this? And so far it's been, I haven't seen anything. I don't even know necessarily when it's happening. Uh, I did hear originally like first quarter, 2023, but now anything else for dates, it's saying that it's in the middle of the summer, I think in August, which unfortunately for me is. That's your no prime time
2: enough. for for making uh, flowers, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, the, the vegetables is is what I do, not not the flowers. OK, but, uh, either way, though, yeah, like, so,
2: yeah it's your prime yeah, time. It's, it's I mean, it's sort of like John's and when, concrete, when we have about
1: yeah. uh, when we have about four months of summer, if we're lucky. Then, then, yeah, that's unfortunately prime time. But I, I, I've i already mentioned it to the guys in the area, and they're all like, yeah, I'll, I'll go. So I'm hoping that it'll work out. Fingers are crossed. I would love to go back over to Europe. I had such a great time, met so many great people at ETC. I'd love to do to do Kings for sure at the WTC. So uh, that, that's definitely big on my radar. Same with John. I'd love to go to Rexburg uh, to play in Refugees of the Old World. I would really, really actually like to make it down to Texas sometime and play in one of their events because they sound like a hoot. And I'm an old man and said said a hoot, but... Uh... Yeah, it's
2: okay. It's okay. I, I was going to say something. No, I mean, having, you know, obviously Memphis is really close to, you know, we only have one state between us and Texas. So we play, we play a fair amount in Texas. I always try to go to like as many new tournaments as I can every year. You know, just go to something new. You get to meet a whole bunch of new players, Get to see a whole bunch of new armies, and then with you guys flying because you know Edmonton, you're not driving anywhere. You know, certainly not to the U.S. I wouldn't. Well, maybe maybe <laughs> maybe Seattle or something. I don't know.
1: Rexburg, I, I would drive. drive to Rexburg. Okay, I don't know how far is I, I would that. Drive to Rexburg. How far so, is that? Thir- Thirteen hours, I think, John. Right. So what's yeah. funny is like you, you're
2: blowing. Like we have some UK listeners, and their minds are being blown because like in the U.S. like about. 12 13 hours is my limit where i'm not you know i'm like i don't really want to drive farther than that i i have but that's not would, would not be my preference but you guys like take Amer- like american like get in the car and drive maybe it's you know it's, it's the canadian tax right just a little bit more all right we're gonna do an extra three hours so i'm sure you guys are up for like a 20 hour drive right yep driving <laughs> to
3: vegas wouldn't be unheard of <laughs> unbelievable yeah
2: unbelievable what did we miss?
1: Like, is there anything that we we forgot to touch on that we should? I don't know. I'll leave that up to Brandon. I just am very thankful again, Rob, that you have entertained oh. us, redneck hillbillies, with your time. And uh, well, who's saying say I'm
2: not a redneck hillbilly? On. I'm from Memphis. I mean, we're, we're, we're you know, you guys all walk the line, right? I mean, come on,
1: we got sharecroppers. Sounds like, like Hell's Angel or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> definitely say thank you rob uh, and cuz i know how much work goes into editing these uh i did one episode for the a team on youtube i don't know if anybody watched it it was the night stalker one i did another one for ogres got most of the way through editing it and then my computer crashed and i said forget this and i haven't touched it since i would love to but it it's is a lot of work. so much work and it takes it's a so lot of much time but you know
2: the more you do it like it becomes like you become very good at it and you 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 can you can look yeah. at this look at the WAV file and go that's an um you just know, especially when you if you have the recurring guests. I know who I have to spend more time on. Well, guys, I really appreciate you guys coming on and chatting with us about you know Edmonton and, and the Western uh, Canadian scene. I think it's right, but you know, obviously there's a pocket in, in a pretty good pocket in Victoria and Vancouver. Did uh, you guys check out this new YouTube channel Kings Retreat? Uh, they're, they're they're streaming games out of I want to say Victoria Island, but that may be wrong. But it's in 4K too, which is great um so a lot of great a lot of great stuff going on in western canada a lot more going on in western canada than eastern canada i don't hear much out of eastern canada i mean i get the occasional like oh look we're kings behind the walls back okay just waiting for him (laughs) to cancel it you know Um, (laughs) (laughs) i think it's cool too that you guys have a kind of a rivalry too like the fact you are geographically so separated you guys could even have your own team event right like west versus east Oh yeah, no, that would be a
3: hell of a fun matchup. I'd like that.
2: Well, awesome guys. Like I said, thanks for coming on and chatting with us. And remind me again what's the what's the Facebook page? Edmonton Mantic. Awesome guys, thanks for very much for coming for coming on. And thank you. Do you want to take us out, yeah. John? You want to take us out?
3: I don't even have a clue.
2: Brandon, you want you you guys can make it up. You can you can say something <laughs> totally Canadian. I wouldn't even.
1: I, I mean, I do listen to you guys quite a bit, so I because like I got lots of time doing nothing. So make sure you got headstrong or fury so you can keep countercharging. Thanks for
0: listening. And we'll see you next time on Countercharge. Please let us know what you thought of the show by emailing us at counterchargepodcast at gmail.com on Twitter at countercharge15.